0: And now it's time for the mind-body health show with host Dr. Marvin Trotter. Good morning, Marvin. Good morning, Eddie. How are you doing? Well, myself <clears throat> bien. <clears throat> so we're going to have a great show today with
1: Megan Ayinde, Megan Barbary Ayinde, um, uh, who is a fabulous person I've known for many years, who is the head of the Community Foundation here in Mendocino County. And um, good morning, Megan.
2: Good morning. Thank you for having me.
1: Our pleasure. Um, So, the first question I always ask is How did you get to Mendocino County?
2: Well, I got, I came here now 20 years ago um, because my husband got a job at the community health clinic. Um, He's a physician, and that is what drew us here. So, yeah, fits for the program.
1: (laughs) Very good. And tell us how you got initiated into or joined the Community Foundation.
2: Yeah, that is a really interesting question. So that's been 16 and a half years, which some days just blows me away. Um, I had a background in program development and have an MBA. And so, you know, I had interest in philanthropy. I didn't know a lot about it at the time, Mm -hmm. um, but it blends my two worlds really, really well. And um, at the point that I was um, ready to return to work after having um, two young, two babies, (laughs) more or less, um, there was a part-time job as a program officer. Uh, The foundation was very small back then. And this was the first time they could move beyond sort of an executive and an assistant. And that job became available and I took it. And I've grown with the organization. Um, I think at the time there was maybe like maybe $14 million in assets, and now, you know, we're almost at fifty. million. So um, it's been quite a journey of 16 and a half years.
1: I know, and it's hard to believe you got up to $50 million. I'm just completely blown away with that. So tell us first about Define the Community Foundation of Mendocino County.
2: Okay. This part is a little trickier to understand, but essentially, it's a, it's a countywide nonprofit organization. Um, we administer Permanent charitable funds. And, and that is the part when we talk about millions that we're really focusing on. And um these these assets are established by people um, mostly after they've passed. So bequests from individuals, but there's also people that give in their lifetimes because they care about a cause or they care about a part of our community. Um, and you know, also families and businesses. So so I kind of think of it as a community chest and when in early early days before we came into existence which is in 1993 people who wanted to give um, to their communities at their deaths pretty much sent all the money out of county they went to universities and large charitable organizations and this amazing group of young uh, professionals from all over the county came together and said we want to keep those assets in this county for the good of this county and that was sort of the vision um, and I admire those people so deeply because at that time it was really a vision. <laughs> they they met for six years before they got their first executive and and really started to build the assets. Um, so we really came out of pretty much nothing with from people that had passion for this community. And now you know we have this fifty million around fifty million in assets that are. We're here, and majority are here forever to continue to give back over and over and over again, which I think is just an extraordinary vision, and I admire all the people that made it happen.
1: I remember in 1993 reading about Humboldt Community Foundation, and I was completely blown away that they had something like $20 million in Humboldt County. And I heard the people wanting to get together and start this, and I was just so – I'm just amazed because you've gone from $25 million – when you became the boss to $50 million in just 10 years. And I guess the thing is not just the money, but um, I, I was shocked about how generous the community was when my house burned down in Redwood Valley. Um, and you do a lot of different things. Um, let's talk about the fires, because I was terribly impressed with the work that you all did at the Community Foundation over the fires.
2: Yeah. So, you know, kind of that's a great segue, because like I said, our, our mission really was this long view, right? Building this community chest. We endow the assets. We you know there's a whole piece that goes on there. And then the first, <laughs> um and, and I'll never forget the day. I mean, I I'll never forget what happened to you, Marvin, and all the other community members. Um, but, you know, we all of a sudden said. Oh, this is what we do. We need to not only steward assets for this really long time, we need to steward assets until our fire survivors are back home. Because a lot of us think of the Red Cross, but they only show up for the first week. Their job is not to actually get people through the process of recovery, which really honestly, and you can speak to this better than me, it's kind of a three to five year experience because they're in shock, you you've just got to go through this whole trauma response then you kind of have to get your head in the game and then you got to build right and i know you and your yeah. wife rebuilt and so we said we we got to play that role too um the day it happened i only had two and a half people working here myself being one of them <laughs> and wow it was extraordinary we were like okay we're doing this and this community just rallied in such an extraordinary way because of what happened in Napa and Sonoma and our relationship with those two community foundations, we sort of got we got brought into this larger response effort. And, you know, ultimately, between what people gave to us and money that we leveraged through those partnerships and Bay Area foundations, and you know, this larger effort, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's crazy in the end. Uh, between everybody, and NCO did some pieces of that. Like, I just want you to know it's not mm-hmm. just the foundation, but our entire recovery effort, I think, leveraged in the like seven and a half million dollars right. on behalf what? of that right. community and mm-hmm. helped a lot of people get home who otherwise would never have gotten home. I mean, that, I know, that's you're... the piece. They didn't have insurance or they were right. very, very underinsured. Right. You know, one of the efforts that i we got involved in was these volunteer led um, organizations like the Mennonites who came in and built homes for people. Um, you know, that just wouldn't have had a home. and and so i'm I'm deeply, deeply proud of that work. It will be something I'll never forget. And um, you know, so thank yep. you for acknowledging it, and thank you for sharing your story because well, it's it's not an easy story, right?
1: Yes, and I was a very impressed. two houses down for me that burned down would never have had a home. And the Mennonites came in and built this house. And it was extraordinary how they did it. In yeah. waves of these young people that came from all over yeah. the United States and stayed in churches, built yeah. the foundation, then framed it, then roofed it. You know, the Mennonites I mean, I wish there was more like you know, efforts like that locally. Yeah. But I but I guess what I want everybody to understand that this sense of community and the community I think is essential to one's uh, peace of mind, happiness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. My daughter, Amber, who has a Ph.D. In, in psychology, says that, believe it or not, community, whatever community you belong to, is essential for your sense of well-being. And I think when so many people live alone, so many people are isolated, so many people, you know, um, only have media, they look at their phone all the time, I think they're missing out on a very big sense of well-being not belonging to a community. I don't know yeah. why I had to rant about that, but, the- but
2: I mean I think that's essentially um, you know, if you ask me why I do this work, I mean, that is why I do this work, Marvin, is because right. I feel that sense of community. Um, you know, we are countywide. and when I took this job, you know, all those years ago, right? I knew you this is where I lived. But I didn't know Point Arena, I didn't know Round Valley, where I know you're giving your talents and skills these days, and I'm so very grateful for that. What has so broadened me has been learning and knowing these disparate parts of our county, these amazing people that live all over the county. Um, and when we say we're a community foundation, we truly are. And we have, we have um, volunteers all over the county that help us with our community grant making. You know, because we don't live there. We don't know what the needs are on a right. day-to-day basis. And it's a big thing. T- we're doing it right now. And I'll tell you, it is so time-consuming. And, you know, it's a lot of people to, to pull together. But I always feel like it's the community and community foundation. The same goes for our scholarships. I think we have over 100 people that engage into our scholarship program in some capacity. Um You know, we have, like, 43 scholarship funds now and we how many 43
1: no kidding so
2: we have a huge endeavor to to make sure that children are being you know acknowledged by their community they have the backing of their community and so you know the folks that come in and help us with that so yeah we're a small and mighty team but if you look at our broader context our board is extraordinarily engaged and involved um as you know in governance but also as volunteers, I will tell you, they re-grant applications, they participate on scholarship committees because they care deeply. And I think that's what brings the, the staff, the board, everybody together is that you talked about that deep passion for this county and and someone like me who chose it someone like you who chose it we didn't grow up here right we right. chose it and i think um you know that too is is really profound and um so anyways i i know that it's helped me live my best life it's helped me feel um connected in those times i mean like you said uh and i'm i'm forever grateful you know i'm forever grateful and and even those efforts that were demanding you know, like I said, I'll right. never forget some of the phone calls I was <laughs> fielding. And then we did the same thing again in COVID. And, you know, we were at our houses. We were not in the office. And you know what? I it was, again, incredibly demanding personal time. I know it was for you. It was for my husband who was treating people in the hospital, you know, but we all pushed ourselves because we wanted our community to be OK. You know, I, I went out there and raised. I think in the end, we put out almost $3.8 million to support our community. You are
1: kidding me. For COVID? not.
2: It was extraordinary.
1: Wow, that was $11 $11 million for the Redwood Fire and COVID. Wow. Yeah,
2: yeah. and we did it because we wanted our community to be cared for. We wanted people to have Mm -hmm. food. We wanted people to be able to stay in their homes. Um, And, you know, it kept us connected in a time that many people got isolated. And, and I know it helped me. I know it helped me every day to be thinking about others instead of only thinking of myself.
1: Amber, Amber says that the last two years have been the most um, challenging as a therapist because you have such widespread uh, isolation and depression over COVID. So as a physician, I hope that's behind us. I know the new COVID strain is very um, contagious, but you don't see people dying, you know, every week in the hospital on a ventilator like J.J. and Mary had to take care of. Um, I think it was a very trying time, uh, especially for the healthcare, you know, and the nurses and all. Um, so now I want to hear about your dream um, because um, I promise you I'm giving you money uh, in, <laughs> in my uh, estate. And um, I think there's... Um, I'd like to hear about the non-fire, non-COVID okay. view of the world from the Community Foundation.
2: Well, Marvin, I didn't know that about you. So let's use you as the example. How's that? <laughs> Just because you asked me, like, okay. how do people engage with us? Okay, okay. So here's Marvin who has a vision. And, and if you know Marvin well, Marvin is one of the most visionary people I have ever met. Um, and the crazy thing about Marvin is the visions actually come true. <laughs> Uh, what he did with the ARC, and I know he's very humble and he does not speak about his philanthropy, but Marvin is, uh, I mean, he's just extraordinary because right. he creates the vision, he gets everyone on his team, and he makes the visions happen. Now, most people don't do that, right? Most people go, oh, I care deeply about animals. And so they come to the Community Foundation because they trust us to have that vision right. of how we would put the animal right welfare into play. Okay. So, but let's play with Marvin. So he has, he has a desire to give to the community in his estate, which is lovely and amazing. So he come to the foundation and he probably should do this and chat with me and Leah, who's our donor engagement manager and talk about what he wants to make happen. Um, and then we formalize that and either he joins others, like for instance, we have this animal welfare fund and, and all the folks who care are kind of coming together over a common vision. Or he says, Megan, I want something to happen around Valley. And it's really important to me that something that I care about happens in Round Valley. So we would articulate that, we'd get that designed. And, and mostly it just sits with us until the day when Marvin's not with us, which is the hardest part of my job, everybody. I hate thinking about that time. And I tell everybody they can't die on my watch because I <laughs> care deep about all the people that come in my office and, and trust me, trust me with their legacy. So that's kind of how it happens. Then when the person passes, the, the funds come to the foundation, we invest them in the stock market and the interest in capital gains. A portion of that every year goes back out into the community in, in this case, Marvin's vision. Um, and we monitor that. We make sure that it's only used for Marvin's vision. Um, and so that is kind of how it works. And what's so neat is that that initial money that Marvin shares with us stays with us. So we don't just slowly over time give all the Marvin's money out in the community. You can choose that, but most people choose the foundation holding the assets, keeping them here and just granting out that interest in capital gains. So when Marvin and I talk about $50 million, that's what we're saying. The community chest holds that amount of money that will stay here uh, forever. And so that's kind of how it works. And Marvin asked me to tell you that. So when he asked me what's, our vision. Like, what do we want to make happen? A lot of it's dictated by the folks that choose to work with us, right? Um, You know, recently we got a a significant gift for animal welfare. Now we didn't go, we want to be in the animal welfare space. We didn't have that as an intention, but now it's an intention. And what's so neat is once an intention is created by one donor, lots of other donors get on the team because they're like, ah, that's what you do if you care about animals right because we've given that vision and then we try to get it more collective because the more people that give for one area the more money we can give out in the county in that one area so so when we think about the vision that dictates a lot of it um our board is also carrying um we also act in the community as a leader like we did with disaster response so we just did strategic planning We're trying to understand sort of what do we want to make happen here? Um, You know, our vision, I'll read it to you. It's brand new. We envision a thriving, equitable Mendocino County that is resilient, where every resident can learn, create, contribute, prosper and reach their full potential. So that is our vision, right? Our vision is to create this amazing place where people want to live. And where everyone can be their full selves and so that's what we're shooting for marva it's a big vision how that plays out resiliency means we're going to respond to disasters and most importantly we're going to try to get ahead of the disasters right we're going to try to get resiliency with preparedness and be ready as much as i would like not to have to do disaster response we're doing it right now in response to these storms right the foundation is taking a leadership role So it's that sort of that that's the kind of overarching Um, right now on next this Friday, two days from now, the board is doing a deep dive into young people and mental health and the protective factors of the arts and the natural world. Um, And we're deepening our knowledge base because we do feel we have to take some leadership role there because our young people have been deeply impacted.
1: Right. And the one
2: thing I always remind everybody is it is our future workforce. And if we can't get these young people ready for life because they got this derailment, um, you know, we'll we'll be experiencing that one for a long time to come. So, so that's just like two little examples. Good. When you mm-hmm. ask me the vision, it's not concrete. I know you want me to build a swimming pool in Redwood no, Valley no, 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 no. and one in Brown no, Valley. No. <laughs> I, know,
1: I know. But. Um, I know, I, I hallucinate and need to take medication. Um, but that's what people told me about the ARC as well. Yeah, and, you I know. know. So one thing that, that um, has impressed me, uh, you know, I was health officer for 12 years and um, working in the ER and the hospital and et cetera, um, is how important uh, the first um, 10 years of your life are. Or 12 years of your life, and you know how many diabetics do you want? How many? Uh, how much? You know, one out of every five dollars spent in the United States now is on health care. I think that's an extraordinary thing. It's twice what it was as when I was a resident. Um, and I, uh, I'm going to take two minutes and rant about what I would like to see. In the community, is the best elementary schools experience and after school programs possible? Because I don't think, e- even with my experience, I was shocked. I'm the medical director for the 60,000 Medi patients in Lake of Mendocino County for their hospitalizations. Okay? We spend about $70 million a year through the Adventist system, the state dollars, on hospital admissions for the Medi population. And I was shocked to know that almost uh, at least two-thirds of that money, two-thirds of that money, some $50 million, goes to drug and alcohol admissions. That is a shocking figure to me, even with my experience. I was stunned by that. And so it, it – um, um, and, and if you look, there's another terribly interesting article about girls who play soccer for three years, okay, half the divorce rate, half the alcohol rate, you know, greater uh, graduation, et cetera, et cetera. Eighty-three percent of women who sit on Fortune 500 executive boards played competitive sports in school, 83%. And um, so if anybody's out there listening for, you know, wants to make a big donation, I think elementary schools, coming from a public health, you know, perspective... Prevention, 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 because, you know, turning around methamphetamine addicts in the hospital that have a fourth of their, you know, heart function is an expensive sort of short-term thing. So I'll shut up now. No, but totally it's, agree. It's, okay. it's, it, that is what excites me about the community fund is, um, and, and first of all, I think that one thing that you said that I think is why people have donated so much money is that they trust the community fund is going to do a good job and follow what their desire is for their legacy. I think that's the number one thing that you have going for you. You and all the staff I met there, all are quality people uh, walking the truth that you speak or something. Okay. Anyway.
2: I agree with you. And, um, you know, we do have, just in the past two years, we do have a donor who started a fund for Mendocino County children. Um, You know, at this time, it's not an especially big fund, but someday, you know, it may be. And if more people were excited about it, you know, that's the kind of thing we would fund, Marvin. So I do want you to know that we know that we agree with you. Um, I'm so grateful that there's also people thinking about youth, which is a slightly older group. Right. So there are people out there, um, you know, sometimes sometimes like we've talked about, we wait until they're not with us anymore. But there are people that join you in that thinking. Um, And I agree. I think we all have to have that perspective because, you know, the other part of our County, and again, you know, this up close and personal, which is there's a lot of historical trauma here, Yes, especially (laughs) our native population. And, you know, we've been trying to open our awareness and understanding of their experiences also of our immigrant population Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that if we all aren't embracing culturally and and accepting our role in some of this, we are just going to perpetuate this cycle and continue this cycle that you're kind of focusing on. And yes, we need to break the cycle. And yes, a lot can be done in our elementary schools. But I also just want to bring that consciousness forward because I know I'm working on that consciousness. The foundation is working on this consciousness because it's a systemic issue.
1: Very right. much so. It's a
2: systemic issue.
1: One thing that I thought you said that made me think of another question. Um, you know, if I knew somebody was doing exactly what I wanted, but I don't know that they're doing it through the Commuter Foundation, do you have a website where you can see um, where it's broken apart, you know, that this is what you're doing with animals, this is what you're doing with kids, this is what you're doing historically? is So yeah. people can see easily, that's yeah. what I want because you made a good point. When people have the same vision, oh, it's so much easier to give the money.
2: Yeah, so we do. It's it's a hard one because it's www.community. We all can do that. And then it's found, F-O-U-N-D, which is like the beginning of foundation. So communityfound.org. And, yes, you can see all the different kinds of funds. You can see about our community leadership work, our disaster response. We also were highly involved in census. COVID, you know, like you can kind of see those bigger projects that, again, are are more topic oriented and we're sort of in that process of figuring out where, where we're going next. Broadband's been a huge issue for us for over 10 years, um, you know, so you can see that work. You can see the more. But yeah, in the early days, Marvin, when we first started, we were kind of connected to Humble. You know, everybody did their own thing. That was kind of the na- name of the game. Um, and one of my goals over the last six and a half years in the CEO role was to start to try to get more collective giving. I think, one, it takes a little of the what per- people perceive as the ego out of it. Um, it also really honestly means you can give whatever you can give. If your state allows for a small gift, you can still know it went to help animals or help the environment or help the arts. You can still know that, and you don't have to – You don't have to feel like, oh, I have to do all this work or give all this money. And that's the part I love, because if each of us does our little part, you know, ultimately, that creates a huge impact, especially when you join others that think like you. And, um, yeah, so there's some great stories on the website. You can hear about the original donors, why they did what they did. Um, You know, one of my most favorite ones is the Environmental um, Education and Conservation Fund Fund. Um, you know, Roger Foote and Vaughn oh, came yeah. together and they said, we want to start this, but it was never about them. They started it to help other people give and collectively care about it. And it's a very popular fund. And every time I see Roger, I say to him, Roger, you inspired more people because that yeah. was his intention. And right. I am so grateful. It's one of the most popular funds because one thing we all tend to have in common is we love this place, and we love the beauty of this place, and we want to keep keep it forever. And that does involve our young people, like you said. If we don't teach them environmental consciousness, how do they appreciate uh, this lovely, beautiful place they live?
1: So I'm going to ask you to, now that I ranted about elementary schools, what is a niche that you would like to see people walk into your office and say, yes, I'd like to... You know, is it allowed for the, the boss to say that they have a <laughs> uh, particular um, yeah, uh, special place? Yeah, the boss does place? do that.
2: <laughs> um, more, I see where the holes are, is more honestly, uh, okay. you know, where I will be. And a lot of people have joined me in some of that uh, over the last couple of years. But the one that I, my personal, if you ask Megan, what is your personal um topic, like what you care mm-hmm. most deeply about. It's actually workforce, workforce development. It's my personal Fascinating. passion. For
1: Fascinating. Um,
2: and one of the things that I have witnessed over my 16 and a half years is people do care about technical education, vocational education. Um, quite honestly, the schools are doing the best job they can. And I think they've got 35, 40 in that neighborhood of kids that are four year ready, I meaning they can come out of college and, or out of high school and go to a four year college. So if you think about that, which most people forget to think about, which is 65 to 70 percent of our high school graduating classes are not planning to go on to a four year degree. They're going to do something technical or they're just going to join the workforce. And I have felt for a lot of years, those guys weren't getting seen. The school districts are seeing them again, which is a really important thing. Um, But. When we have these scholarships, it's very hard to find those kids because they're generally not thinking about going to college. Um, and so an amazing gentleman who was in the um, timber industry and I had a talk one day and he really brought it. He crystallized this thought and I wish I I'd gotten it sooner. But now I'm finding a lot of donors are starting to join in, which was we needed a vocational education fund that actually helps the schools keep the programs exciting and current and available because if you can inspire a teenager to weld or you know right. work on cars or whatever you need to inspire them to do they will do it in high school and be workforce ready and go out and do it in the community and everyone keeps saying to me we don't have plumbers we don't have roofers we don't have don't have don't have when they're trying to fix their homes and that's because somehow we didn't inspire the kids and so this new fund uh, some donors opened it anonymously. Others are sort of joining in. And if, for me, that, if you ask me, that's my legacy fund. That's okay. the one I wanted. Um, you know, and I, I'm really excited. I think between our scholarships that are helping our four year and, you know, kids going off to community college and this fund, I finally feel like we are going to raise the bottom of our workforce. Mm-hmm. And really, that if you can get the workforce, you know, educated you actually lift the entire county um, and you make it possible for people to live and work here and reach their potential and so yes that's that's my that's my personal desire and and i okay. don't usually speak from the eye very much but you asked me so that's, no, that's my uh, vision <laughs>
1: and, and one thing i think that's really important my son that does construction has all the work he needs or wants but it's finding people that can do the job and I think it would be a fascinating idea if you had a Mennonite situation uh, at the high school, that these kids go out and work with people, okay, and then during the summer they build a house. But they we learn. Did that. You did that?
2: We did that. What's the other thing we did during the fires. I know. Isn't that cool? How so cool? I have, I, it start, there was a Sonoma County program that we modeled off of. But, yeah, Eric Crawford from the high school, the Community Foundation, I brought some funding, um, so a lot of our donors got on the team. Um, And, you know, other key individuals in the community created something. We called it the Mendocino County Construction Corps. Uh It took young people from all over the county. They came in on Monday nights and learned skills from local professionals who donated their time, taught the kids, And then they did a two week build. And what I ended up helping to do is is connecting them with those volunteer run organizations. And then a local um, gentleman, uh, John Kennedy, started his own version. And between those three programs, the kids went and built homes for fire survivors. It was deeply, profoundly meaningful to those young people. Um, You know, it went on hiatus during uh, COVID. We're trying to bring it back. I think one of our biggest challenges we don't have those homes right now for people to build and mm-hmm. to find finding, you know, construction companies right. that will let young people on their sites for short periods of time. That's gonna be the challenge. But we're up for it and we're working on okay. it right now because it was empowering for the kids and for the community.
1: And 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 it inspires them to carry on with that profession in the future. So Eddie's gonna start telling people about the phone calls.
0: That's right, if you have a question for Megan or uh, Marvin, you can go ahead and give us a call at 707-895-2448. Again, that call in number is 707-895-2448.
1: And it, you know, one of the biggest difficulties, I think, is the how um, rural our county is. You know, when I go to Covelo on Thursdays and Fridays, you're in a different world. Going to Ukiah is a big deal. How do how do you go to community college in Mendoc- at Mendocino when you live in Covalo or Point Arena, or you know Westport, or wherever you want to talk about? So I think it's it's something that even driving around the county don't realize how difficult it is for a lot of people to do most things. Yeah,
2: I think I think that's the the positive of, of COVID is the sort of more available online learning environment. So, okay. you know, that's that's the positive, but if you're in Covilo and don't have internet access, right. you can't even do that.
0: Okay, we have a call.
2: Oh, good, oh, exciting.
0: Good morning, Kali, you're live on the air.
2: Hi, thanks for taking my call. Uh, this is Karen Poplowski. Um, Megan, your story of your vision Reminds me of my husband's work with the North Bay Labor Central Central Labor Council. And one of the things the unions have are apprenticeship programs for people in the trades. I'm wondering if you're aware of that. We are. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've tried to do some, you know, a lot of our work here and is connecting. Right. And, and so right. we've been trying to connect that entity with um you know for a while their mpick was taking care of uh you know that population um and now i don't think they are i think it has gotten outsourced but they were always trying to bring in the apprenticeship so i'm glad you mentioned it because it's a great option for young people you know if they have the personal vision and they can get themselves in a program the travel continues to be that issue what marvin just spoke about right is they have to drive down to Sonoma or wherever to get the, the training. Um, but I am glad you mentioned it, because I agree with you. It's an incredible piece of our workforce development continuum.
1: No, I haven't. wonder we- if they
2: could bring the trainings up here if you have enough people interested. Yeah. They did yeah, that yeah. once. They tried to bring it to Hopland Extension. So uh-huh. I, know that, I know the intentions are there. I think, again, it's that connecting piece of finding the right pe- young people and young adults and to get them connected, but um, you know I definitely are committed. So thank you for bringing that to us. Getting the word out, yeah.
3: Thank you.
0: Thank Bye. you. We have another call. Good morning, caller. You're live on the air. Uh, please turn off your radio.
3: Okay. It's off in the background. I'm calling to ask if the community foundation is in a position to help the folks up at that uh, Creekside RV park. <laughs> that had the, Good. Um, whatever, sink, the sinkhole. You know, they need to relocate, uh, like, this Thursday or Friday, I think. They've got to be out, and they have, need to go somewhere, and there's not yeah. a lot of places available. So
1: Great great call. She has an answer for you.
2: Yeah, so we uh-huh. have been working on that effort um, with the county of Mendocino, um, with Danella Sands and her organization, um, and NCO. And the FOAD, There's a whole group of us that have been working on it. So yeah, we just gave grant funding to Danilla Sands, who's providing sort of immediate needs. Um, we're working with NCO to provide a slightly larger um, assistance grant to maybe help people with the first and last month's rent if they can find a place to move to. Um, so we do If any, I don't think anyone of that team is, is listening, but we want them to know to connect with NCO. There's case management there, which we also help fund. Um, to make sure that people can get what they need in this immediate phase. Um, I agree with you. I think the hardest part is going to be rehousing them. And, you know, we've been trying to determine who could help with that effort because um, I do think that's going to be one of our challenges. We don't have a lot of rentals and a lot of open rentals. Um, So, yes, that that is part of our disaster response effort. Again, we are mainly the connector. And we are the funder. Mm-hmm. Um, we are using some funds from our disaster um, our disaster fund. We also hold some funds um, of the county of Mendocinos from the PG&E funds. And so we are going to release some of those um, for individual assistance in Willits and also on the South Coast because, you know, they've also had a, a simultaneous um, impact from those uh, storms. And so we're doing the very same activities with an organization down there called Mendonoma who and action network who are helping us help the people in the south coast did that answer your question
3: yeah super appreciate it thank you
2: yeah thank you
1: you know i am just a little bit shocked that the mendocino community foundation is a disaster relief organization. You know, it would have never thought about this 20 years ago, that that would be yeah. an issue. But, boy, the fires and floods, et cetera, certainly giving you a lot of work.
2: Yeah, yeah. and the piece that's so challenging is that we do that on top of our, you know, our regular work um, and, you know, just trying to figure out how how as an organization we build the capacity because it doesn't seem to be going away you know i think i had a lot of wishful thinking in the early days um we also opened up a resiliency and preparedness fund because to give myself hope during that really dark time in 2017 that you and i were in i felt like ah if this happened in laytonville you know how would we respond well you know round valley had multiple years of fires right after that yeah you know we kept thinking how so like in round valley we got funding for their community center to make sure it had a backup generator to make sure mm-hmm. that the radio station could stay on. So we did, de- we did a lot of generators there for a while, but think about it, you know, the coast knows about losing electricity, but inland, you know, we hadn't experienced that till the right. PSP assist. So now, you know, we've helped fund a lot of generators, but again, people need a place to go. They need a place to get their cell phone to work and, um, you know, so so as I said, we've helped individuals, but we've also helped the organizations that support the individuals in hopes that if and when it happens, people can get what they need. So yeah, it's it is definitely part of our core core work now.
1: Um, we'll wait for the next phone call. I um, you made me think that the Alex Warbass Center, where Carter Grissom is doing a great job, and the Community Foundation has helped us. Um, you know, putting on, you know, the Boys and Girls Club is housed there. Carter did a great thing in the community for the back-to-school. They had 700 people show up at the ARC, gave, wow. away, gave away 400 backpacks full of, of school supplies wow. and 40 bicycles. And I think that um, – um, and the reason I thought of the ARC was in COVID – uh, they turned the gymnasium into a vaccination station, and Sue Mason had a field day. You know, where else in town would you have a 10,000-square-foot, you know, place where they just had all the room they wanted and the rooms next door and did lots and lots of COVID vac- vaccinations at the Ark. And I think this is sort of this integration that the Community Foundation does a great deal of. Like you say, a lot of what you do is connect, and I think that that um, is a great uh benefit of the foundation so
2: what haven't we covered (laughs) um yeah uh you know i was just thinking and i think karen is connected the first caller is connected to another really important work we do you know we have a workers memorial fund and you know during the storms we did at least two people who were on the job you know in mendocino county or mendocino county residents were on the job in somewhere Sonoma. you know and i think that's what people don't know i mean the span of what we do is quite shocking and so we also have a fund that helps families when they lose a loved one in that setting to be able to you know help cover some of the funeral expenses or just you know mm-hmm. needs um and again that just came out of some people that had an experience where they learned about the need for that and then they made this desire to make sure others don't go through what they went through, right? That kind of giving um, forward.
1: Right. And
2: um, you know, and that's the thing that's also really amazing is yeah, you look at the funds and you go, oh, there's all these funds. But there's a story behind every single fund. And 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 I think that for me is when you go back to community, it's like there's this really cool community of people, you know, who want to give for it, you know, and they, and for so many reasons,
3: so many reasons.
0: Okay. Good morning, Collie you're live on the air.
3: Good morning, thanks for taking my call. Um, I had a comment um, about how rural our area is, uh, being a service worker here in this area, um, uh, it can take a long time get to jobs and stuff, Um, but uh, I also wanted to give a shout out to the MTA, although I can't carry my tools on the bus, I have used the MTA, and uh, strengthening our um, bus routes and and strengthening uh, ways for us to get to places, especially if we have to get there and can't do it by Zoom, Um, with the new electric buses and the new type of electrical vehicles that are coming out, I think it's going to be a really great deal if the college can get involved in, um, in their auto shop and in, in, in that way. And what I also wanted to, uh, say is that, uh, this program, I think, will also be a great program to show how people maybe who have had trouble in the past from, like, the jail, to provide a path for them to also uh, move into some of these vocational construction uh, jobs. Great and idea. We'll find that these folks will stay here in the community. Thank you.
1: Thank you. Good call.
2: Yeah. No, and thanks for that, because I think that is an issue. Um, and it is hard sometimes for the foundation to understand how we can make a difference. But I, I appreciate you you making a shout out on transportation. Um, I also want to mention that there was a really amazing program. Uh, a friend and colleague, William Feather, started in the jails that did allow for that progression for folks to take classes and, um, you know, get some skills so that when they came out, they were employable. I don't know if it stayed with the change in administration, you know, after Tom Ullman uh, retired, but I do know that they started that. And, and uh, when you hear about the recidivism rates, they're very low. So there is a proven track record that if you can help people build skills when they're incarcerated, it makes right. a difference. So I do yeah. want to shout out to that as well. So thank you for bringing both those issues up.
1: So I'll bring an issue up that I don't um, have just heard a little bit about, but seven hundred million dollars sounds like a lot of money, right? And, Absolutely. And that's what I just heard that the Adventists are talking about building a new hospital north, you know, in the north part of town because of the dearth of hospital beds and services in Lake Mendocino and Humboldt County. You know, wow. Kaiser's not going to come up here. You know, they don't have 90% employees, you know, et cetera, et cetera. We have a very large Medicare and Medi-Cal base. And um, my father was a CPA, so I'm – these statistics. So there's 3.3 beds for every 1,000 people in the United States. Five states have five beds for every 1,000 people, okay? Mendocino County has 1.1. And the coast is a very difficult place to have a hospital. You know, I mean, just finding the nurses for that. Willits is an excellent orthopedic hospital. So when you talk about regular hospital beds, there was 12 hospital beds open suddenly on Sunday in Ukiah. They were all filled by Monday morning. But I think that the the college has an excellent RN program, and, you know, if they build a huge new hospital facility here, uh, health care is going to be great. So I'm ranting again. Tell us about uh, the Community Foundation and the RN program at the college because I think there's a couple of different ways. But you have an excellent RN program at the county, I mean at the hospital, I mean at the college. Yeah. And I wish, I wish it was larger, but they have one of the top programs in California as far as graduation rates and passing the RN program.
2: Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, who should speak to that is the Medicine of College Foundation, because I know they have done a okay. lot to get the resources needed to support the nursing students. Uh-huh. Um, so I will shout out okay. to them. You know, what they've told me is it's the wraparound services. It's not so much tuition because some, there's sources of tuition. I know uh, the Pacific Railroad Medical Group helps by providing scholarships. Uh-huh. And we, You know, we have some, uh, you know, I know of other scholarships that sort of help young, uh, you know, and, and older adults get get into the program. What they need help with, though, is life. <laughs> you know, a car breaks down and you're coming from the coast to come to class. Well, you're not coming right? Um, and these are hands-on classes. You can't do them on Zoom. So, so it's that. It's a child care uh, thing. It's it's food sometimes. It's like the wraparounds. And so, I know they've been working harder to focus on how to create those resources for the n- nursing students. Um, you know, I capacity, I think, is a whole other issue that, again, they would speak to better than me. But Um, as far as why they can't grow it. But um, I do feel like that's an important thing, too, for scholarship work that we are evolving into, is especially at the community college level, they don't need tuition support anymore because there are programs now that are providing that. What our students need are the wraparounds. The housing, the the food, the
1: transportation.
2: Yeah, and you need your tools. Like That's why I like that vocational education fund because it will allow for us to help buy tools. Um, especially like at the high school. There's a construction core and they can help those young people come out because you can't get hired if you don't have tools. And if you're just Ex- a teenager, you don't have money to buy Ex-
1: tools.
0: Yeah, Your uh, excellent point. Eddie's going to. I just want to let folks know we have about 10 minutes left in the show. Uh, enough time for a couple more calls. If you'd like to give us a call, the phone number is 707-895-2448. Again, that's 707-895-2448 if you have a question.
1: And we're talking to Megan at the Community Foundation. So, um, how do you? That's an interesting, you know, point. You know, when you, so many of these places need the tools. You know, there's a fascinating way of helping in the community of many, many issues that I never thought of that you can do with your organization.
2: Yeah, yeah I mean, that's that's I think the gift. I mean, as I said, I I adore and appreciate our Mendocino College Foundation, but, you know, they are just for Mendocino College, right? So, again, if you want to help in that world, please, please go to them because they are going to do that best. What's great about us is we can do pretty much everything else um, and can be kind of a one-stop shop. So, especially with an estate plan, you might want to do more than one thing, right? And so, you might want to make it possible to give annual support to an organization you care about, but you might want to care about, you know, scholarships. So you want to do um, something in a field of interest that really is meaningful to you. So I think that's the gift we give is that broader context and that responsiveness factor. Like you said, all of a sudden the world changes and you have to do something totally different. I can't vision 20 years from now. You might be able to, Marvin, because I think Uh, you're a futurist and I'm not, but... You know, what's going to be going on in Medesina County? We don't know. But our board has the ability to shift things if needed. Um, And most importantly, like you said, whoever's in the seat will be sensing out and learning about the community and knowing where the holes are, right? Uh, The holes I was aware of, someone else will see differently. And that's just part of evolution and change in a community. But that's what I also love. When Suzanne Norgaard started this organization, the community was different, you know, and she handed off a different one to me, and I'll hand off a different one to the next person.
1: Suzanne did a great job. She um, did. Um, so um, it is interesting to how to build the community stronger. You know, I think your vocational training is an excellent part because, you know, I, it distresses me that 37% of jobs coming out of high school have to do with computers you know it's it's amazing how different the world is than when i got out of high school a lot of my class members when i got out of high school in houston they went to alaska to lay pipeline because that was a really good paying job and um i don't know it's a very different society and even medical care has changed so much um um, I want you to walk through one more time. I think you just brought up an interesting point about the community foundation. So if I came to you and wanted to leave money uh, for the community foundation, I would meet with someone, but it wouldn't have to be restricted to one area. I could be given a view of the whole shooting match yeah. and yeah. pick three or four different things.
2: Absolutely. So, and, and I, that's, the, that's what I like about where we are now is that it's less about you can see what you can kind of see the framework and go, Oh, I want to put a percentage to environment. I want to put a percentage to, you know, youth. I want to put a percentage to arts. Like you can kind of choose. Mm -hmm. And um, I've had a lot of donors do that. They say, Oh, I, I love that you have a scholarship. That's just for women going into healthcare which we have because somebody in the 90s made that vision (laughs) and they want to join that person because they were a nurse and they Uh care about the future of the workforce of, you know, and I'm sorry it's females only, but that's the way the donors set it up. So that's what we do. But uh, yeah, so I think that it's exciting. The other thing I'd like to just say, because of the way it is nowadays, you don't necessarily have to Engage. I'm going to make you, Marvin, because I know you, but other people could just say, oh, I want to do animals so they could tell their state attorney or even write in their will. I want the money to go to the Community Foundation for animals. And and we can we can make that happen. So so I also want people to know that because some people are shy and they don't want to talk to somebody about this business. It's very personal, Um, but their attorneys, you know, can help them um, and or they can just write it in a, a will.
1: Okay, so tell us about your current. Um, how much money you're giving out a year, and and in what portions, or give us an idea of where your money is going at the moment.
2: Well, I, the best thing I can tell you about is last year we just okay. put out our annual report. You can see that online at thatcommunityfound.org. Last year we gave out 3.5 million. 3. Six, I guess you would say. Um,
1: I want you to repeat that because I think uh, that's a stunning yeah. figure.
2: Yeah. So even though I think in the last, and remember, there was a, a market performance issue in the last year. That's not about the foundation. So when we reported in um, June 30 of uh, 22, we had at that moment in time, three, 45 million in assets. But we also at that moment in time had given out 3.5 million that year so just last year and then you know for you know um you know so that that it just that's really important i think to understand that even though we're growing at all at the same time we're also giving it out and i i think that's also a harder thing for everybody to kind of conceptualize um i was trying to find i'm looking quickly through this to get you the exact number <laughs> for Uh, The grant. So the total to date from inception, our whole almost 30 years, we have given out 28, um, 371 and 539, but basically $28 million. So while we're growing the community chest, we're also giving it out. And that, I think, is an important factor. So 3.5 in the year and as a total of 28. Uh, so I hope people will understand that because I think sometimes you're like, well, why don't they give it all away? Well, if we gave it all away, then it would not be here <laughs> forever. And our intention is to build that chest and keep it uh, but so we can give money every year.
1: But you're giving out almost 7% of the money every year. I mean, three and a half million dollars in the community is a big Big wallop. We're going to take one more phone call.
0: Okay. Uh, good morning, Carl. You're live on the air. We just have a handful of minutes, so what's your question?
3: Yeah, I would just would like to recommend if one wanted to become active or supportive of uh, local endeavors, they could come see One Flew Over the cuckoo's Nest at uh, WCT, Willows Community Theater, especially if they missed Eddie in All Is Calm, the musical about uh, the 1901 Christmas truce. Hey, thanks. Take care. Thank you.
1: Um, thank you, Megan, for being on call, I mean, doing the show. And you have done an extraordinary, I mean, to go from 25 to $50 million in endowments since you've been there is extraordinary. Um, I would have never thought that possible. But $50 million is a lot of money and giving away $3.5 million in the community. What, a, what an impact the foundation has in Mendocino County in so many different ways. Thank you very much. Um, any further comments before we let Eddie take it away
2: well just number one thank you thank you for having me um and i deeply appreciate you as i said for all your vision and all the things you've made happen um and for everybody who participates in caring about this community and giving in the ways you give because we didn't get into that but i do want to acknowledge there's many people who give their time which is as valuable or more valuable than money, yeah. um, and we this county—that's our bedrock—is this people who give themselves and give their time and and care. And so, I just want to do a shout out for everybody yeah. um, in this county and and all that they've done to help all our folks when they've gone through these really tough times with disasters and during COVID. And you know, we couldn't do it without yeah. the people of this county. You so I just you couldn't give away out.
1: three and a half million dollars without a great staff and volunteers. <laughs>